This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Dr. David Hirsch is a leading scholar of anti-Semitism. He's a lecturer of sociology at Goldsmiths University of London, and he's also the co-founder of Engage, a campaign against the academic boycott of Israel, as well as the author of the book, Contemporary Left Anti-Semitism. Or is David really what he says he is? Perhaps he's hiding behind these intellectual titles, when in reality, he is in fact a Nazi. Dr. Hirsch joins me now to help reveal his true identity. Dr. Hirsch, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Therese. That's an extraordinary introduction. I know you've, uh, we've worked together for a long time. You were our specialist consultant when we did the Bulgani Masufa case, which we ultimately won. So I'm going to take it as given that you are, in fact, not a white racist supremacist, okay? Mm. But indeed an intellectual who covers anti-Semitism. Tell me the story. What happened? It's an interesting, I'm quite interested in the way, the ways in which I'm feeling about it, actually. Like the word ambivalence, I kind of go one way and the other. Let me explain. I've been working on contemporary anti-Semitism for, for quite a long time now. As you said, we were involved with the Masuku case and, and you know, many, many other examples and issues to do with the boycotts against Israel and anti-Zionism which, in my view, has a tendency to become a kind of enclosed ideology of its own, a kind of worldview, rather than uh, anything really to do with Israel or Zionism at all. The Zionism that anti-Zionism opposes is really created by itself and is very little to do with the actual Zionism that's out there in the world or the state of Israel or the ways in which Jewish people think about themselves and their relationship to Israel and, and other Jews. So the ambivalence is that we're well aware that the story is very familiar. It is said that Zionism is racism, that Israel is inherently a racist state, a part of the colonialist system, is therefore white supremacist, that Jews are white and part of the global exploiting class. We know that that's what is said about us, or at least we know that's what is said about Israel. And of course, it then is said about us too, because we are people who challenge that way of understanding Israel and actually that way of understanding the world. So we know that there are many people out there who think that the ordinary overwhelming majority of Jews who have some kind of positive relationship with Israel should thereby be considered to be racists. We know it, we're used to it. <laughs> we don't like it. It's kind of ordinary. And then every now and then things happen that are not ordinary. So um, it was a tweet, actually, a very simple tweet that was kind of legitimized by somebody else. And the president of our students' union at the university where I work tweeted that uh, David Hirsch is a far right white supremacist. As I said, on the one hand, we're used to the fact that people think of most Jews as racist. <laughs> and on the other hand, when it's, you know, the elected official of the person who is mandated to speak on behalf of the whole of our student body, it's another thing. And yet we know that, you know, the person who's formally mandated to speak on behalf of our students doesn't really speak on behalf of our students at all. And I've always said, 
really good relationships with students, never had any serious hostility from students or, or any problem in teaching. So there's that disconnect as well. So then it's easy to say, well, this is just sort of irrelevant and silly. But well, actually, formally, it's not formally. <laughs> this is the voice of our students says, as I said, a, a far right white supremacist. Let me just say, this came out of a discussion of policy, which is more and more a kind of official university policy, which is called decolonizing the curriculum. And so one of the ways in which the specificities of Twitter fed into this discussion is that I said there is an anti-Semitic edge to official campaigns of um, decolonizing the curriculum. And because it was Twitter at that particular moment and in that particular place, I didn't explain why I said that or what I meant by that. And I suppose I better had in a minute, very briefly. <laughs> it's very simple, actually. We live in a culture in my university and in many universities in which Israel is seen as colonialist inherently and in its very definition and in its very heart. And not only as sort of one colonialist entity, but as a key global colonialist entity. And if we then have official campaigns to decolonize the curriculum, then it's perfectly predictable that people will feel empowered to de-Zionize the curriculum, right? And who knows what people might take it into their heads that that might mean. Einstein was a Zionist, right? So should we remove Einstein from our physics courses? Um, well, why not? There is some... The ways in which the official campaign of decolonization are carried out are diverse. <laughs> so that's what I was talking about. I was saying, look, there is, you know, an edge to that. Decolonization of the curriculum sounds very good. And indeed, it might be very good. There is also an edge to it, which is very good. But there's also an edge to it, which could be felt to legitimize people combing through our reading lists and finding Zionists on our reading lists and getting rid of them. You know, Hannah Arendt, no. <laughs> um, uh, you know, any other Jewish scholar who has some kind of relationship to the State of Israel, out. So that's what I meant. She tweeted, fine, she tweeted. The next thing that happened was that my own trade union branch went and um, fully endorsed the tweet. <laughs> so not only was the official voice of our students denouncing me as a far right white supremacist, but also my colleagues. Now, again, we know that the people who speak for a union branch are not representative of our colleagues uh, very much at all, really. But so there's the ambivalence. You know, on the one hand, we can say this is all nonsense. And on the other hand, we can say, actually, if it was really just nonsense, then our colleagues would not allow this to be the way that their voices were represented formally. <laughs> so, you know, I'm getting a bit older and a bit more experienced and, and I'm actually feel myself more in a position where I can make a fuss. So I did make a fuss. And um, I went to my colleagues and I went to the management at the university and I said, look, to be honest, there's been a pretty hostile environment to me, to me and my work, you know, for 20 years. <laughs> And uh, I have been frozen out. I've done my own work. I've created my own networks. 
I've written my books, written my papers, but I have been frozen out really of the life of the department and the life of the people close to me institutionally, and it's not okay. And I said, in my view, the term far-right white supremacist means Nazi. <laughs> and I think it does. I mean, people have argued with that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, as I say, I'm ambivalent. On the one hand, it's just business as usual. It's just people saying stupid things and saying things that we know that they believe. And on the other hand, the fact that my own colleagues and my own students are saying this about me is actually quite awful. And, and it's ambivalent in another sense that, you know, I've always felt myself to be, you know, tough guy and a leader and, and, and this stuff doesn't reach me and I can take it apart intellectually. And yeah, I hope all that is true. But, but I also feel a little bit sometimes like 20 years struggling in a, in a hostile environment amongst people who think that I'm a Nazi. It's hard. <laughs> and it does, you know, you do begin to wonder what living your intellectual life under those circumstances does to you. You know, um, Dr. Hirsch, we, we met a good while back and, uh, you know, some of much of what you've said has stayed with me. And I remember what you said that one moment you're a lecturer in sociology at the university and you have a brilliant relationship with your students and, as you say, doing research. And the next moment you're the Jew who supports Israel, you know, and, and it doesn't possibly happen to everybody else. And, Kind of 15 years later, you're still kind of the Jew that supports Israel and therefore, and you haven't been defeated. So in a way, the smear campaign that, that is only happening now is quite remarkable and really testament to the fact of the respect that people have had for you. Ultimately, though, the university has come to your defense. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the new things that has happened, really, is, as I said, I don't know, either I'm a little bit stronger or I'm a little bit weaker and for whatever reason, I felt like making a fuss. So I made a fuss. And in the end, uh, you know, I went to my head of department and the people in the hierarchy above me. And I said, actually, uh, the university has a duty of care to me. And the university has a duty of care to itself to say, no, our teaching is not white supremacist. It's not Nazi. It's not racist. It's all right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I made that point quite forcefully. And in the end, uh, yeah, there was a statement put out. Uh, I mean, it, it was a quite an ambivalent response, but actually some response is more interesting than what there has been for 20 years, which is fundamentally no response at all. So I don't know, for example, um, they, they came to me and they said, ah, we've adopted the IRA definition of anti-Semitism. And I said, great. And they said, but without the examples. And I said, and, and I don't know if people have been following the ins and outs of discussion, but I said to them, well, the IRA definition without the examples is not the IRA definition. And they said, well, you know, one step at a time. <laughs> and I said, well, doing that will be seen as rejecting the IRA definition. And then they said, we've also affirmed, endorsed the, the Jerusalem Declaration. And I said, ah, well, that's the declaration that is set up in order to prevent people from taking IRA seriously. And they said, oh, well, one step at a time. So, you know, they're very ambivalent. And then they put out, and I said, look, all you need to do really is to put out a statement saying, David Hirsch is not a Nazi. <laughs> is that difficult? I know you don't love my work. You don't give me promotions. You don't, you know, boast about me on your website. You don't have to say my work is brilliant, but you have to say that it's kind of all right. <laughs> it's kind of 
you know, that I'm a sociologist and not an agent of, of a foreign power. Um, David Miller, I don't know if people know, remember the name Professor David Miller, was in the end fired by Bristol University and kind of predictably, I want to say predictably, but also shockingly, within a few months, he's making English language propaganda programs for press TV, for the TV propaganda outfit of the, of the Iranian uh, regime with Chris Williamson, who is uh, an MP. I mean, actually, he was quite an ordinary sort of quite right wing Labour MP. Um, and then Corbyn came, came to power as the leader of the Labour Party and Williamson liked Corbyn. And he defended Corbyn, and then he found that he could only defend Corbyn using in anti-Semitic terms because Corbyn was attacked for his anti-Semitism. And then Chris Williamson got upset, and then you know eventually the Labour Party kicked him out because he defended Corbyn in a more explicit way than the others were comfortable with. And then he started you know tweeting about the Rothschilds, and now he's doing this uh, press TV program with David Miller. They did a whole half an hour about me. Um, so uh, Chris Williamson kind of asks, you know, wisely and, 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 and sort of as the host, he sort of says, is it fair to say that David Hirsch is an asset of Israel? And then, you know, the big professor, David Miller, sort of takes both sides of this question and says, well, we have to be very careful, you know, on the one hand, on the other hand. In the end, yes, David Hirsch is an asset of Israel. You kind of have to laugh, but it is obviously tragic. And obviously, this is a difficult and stressful time for you professionally, emotionally. But you have to know that you are something of a hero in the Jewish and Israel world, that you are our go-to person when we need help and definitions around anti-Semitism because nobody understands it and actually experiences to the extent that, you know, you do. So I'd like you to know that you are supported by friends, Jewish and non-Jewish, around the world who, are, who admire your resilience, who admire your adherence to all that you write and the fund fundamental values of your scholarship. So I just felt there was like an, this was an opportunity for me to also publicly thank you and congratulate you and to say, keep strong. And if there's anything that we can help you with, um, please let us know. Well, that's very, very kind of you to say that. And, and again, my welcome to my world of ambivalence, really. So I have, you know, people who, who are very important Jewish community in South Africa saying, oh, David Hirsch, you're, you're so great, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I'm home to my own institution and people are looking at me like I'm a, I've walked in with a swastika on my arm. It's extraordinary. Let me just say um, what we're up to at the moment. We are setting up the London Centre for the Study of Contemporary Antisemitism, partly really because what I and a few others have been doing, which is carving out a little space for ourselves in academia to take on um, some of these arguments at the highest level, it's becoming harder and the space is closing in and we're not really able to teach and, and create younger scholars. So we are trying to institutionalize what we do in a way that we haven't succeeded in doing before. So it's the London Centre for the Study of Contemporary Antisemitism. And the website is uh, londonantisemitism.com. We're having a big conference in September, uh, a big launch event. Um, we're quite excited. That's one of the responses, really, is to create an institution within academia that can um, hopefully really lead a research agenda to challenge um, some of the anti-Semitism that we find uh, amongst the most respected scholars in the world, in the humanities. And that's what we want to do. We want to 
we want to empower people and hopefully to find funding for people to spend time doing research, writing books, writing papers, understanding anti-Semitism and engaging with anti-Semitic intellectual ideas and um, publications. So www.londonantisemitism.com. Thank you very much. I wish you a lot of luck and success with that. And David, what can I say other than keep the faith? Thank you very much. <laughs> that was Dr. David Hirsch who is a lecturer in sociology at Goldsmiths University. Thank you for joining me. Thank you.